0: Welcome to Living in Harmony, a podcast for Christian parents who want to make the peace in their household without sacrificing their sanity. Here, we talk about everything from sibling rivalry to dating and how to raise your kids to be strong in their faith while maintaining your own. But don't worry, we're not all preachy here. That's the purpose of your church and your pastor. Here, we're here for you to help you know you are not alone in this crazy journey called parenthood. So whether you're a seasoned pro or a brand new parent, Living in Harmony, this is the podcast for you. So grab some coffee and join us as we navigate the ups and downs of raising kids in a Christian household where the gospel is the center. Well, hello and welcome to Living in Harmony. My name is Delmar. I am Robert. And I'm April. And it has been a good week. I'll tell you, last week's podcast just like really lingered on me this past week, talking about influencers and social media and everything we need to know as parents and Actually, we had a pretty good bit of feedback on that one um, when we streamed it, so I think this is a conversation that is beneficial, and that's one of the reasons why today's episode is going to be so beneficial, because we're going to continue this conversation, but just in a different vein, because we've been talking about influencers, the rise of influencers, but we hinted at this last week. This isn't the only thing that's always influenced us. Before, you've had influencers. You've had the very influential culture. And that culture—I don't know—a lot of people just refer to it today as Hollywood, but uh, movies, film, cinema—that's where we're at
1: today, y'all. Yep, movies, TV, these the, and these these kind of stories that, that we get—you um, know—they drill into our collective consciousness, right? Um, that you know everybody knows, you know, you know who Luke's father is, right? That that's just a that's just a thing that has has penetrated the culture. And so a lot of these stories, they they have power to do that. And and so one of the things we're gonna be looking at today is why is it that some stories do have that power and, and what do we, you know, how do we evaluate that?
0: Yeah, how do we look at the narrative that is that is in social media? And then how do we decipher um, or how do we decipher what we should take out of that, what we should leave behind in that? And ultimately what we're gonna see is yes, it's changed. Yes, we're in a different culture and time, but there are some things that always remain the same. You know, I think one of the things I hear today a lot is, well, the media is just propaganda. And you think that it didn't used to be. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it's just very blatant propaganda now because it is so adverse to the average person's worldview. But it's always been propaganda in some sense. I mean, if you go back and look at cartoons in the 1940s, just look at how it portrays people of other races that we were trying to send our boys over there to take care of. If you want to just be blunt, I mean mm-hmm. these. This is. There's always been a um, an influence. I actually watched a documentary on the history of Hollywood the other day in kind of preparation for this and other things. And you know, it started out. Guy relocated to Hollywood. It was nothing at the time. Built the studio. Started getting big. And ultimately, the guy who started Hollywood was a Christian. A lot of his videos were moral and good. And then um, he started getting funded, and he realized, man, if I get funded and, and just add this other element to my videos from you know other entities, then I can make more money. And ultimately, he was he was trying to build a studio, build a, an entire new industry. So it was like a double edged sword, and it, and it brought us where we're at today. So that's kind of it. Today, we're going to talk about what do we watch. What do we let our kids watch? How do we evaluate it with them? And uh, ultimately, it really does come down to like run it through your worldview. We've said this a lot, but it's it's weird because things that engage us emotionally sometimes have a way of getting around our worldview, right? Mm-hmm. Um, any of y'all listened to music growing up that if you were to go back and listen to now, you'd be like, oh, why? My why? gosh,
1: yes. yeah, we've, <laughs> we've had that conversation at home. There, were, there are movies that we grew up watching that we have you know thought hey we should let our kids see that and then decided you know as we pre-screened it once again yeah that's probably yeah. not a good idea
2: <laughs> what were our parents thinking <laughs> yeah. i think most
0: people listening to this podcast have had that yeah. i was cleaning out my old mustang from high school a while back and under one of the seats was a cd a burn cd from when i was in high school i was like oh i want to listen to this i put it in and i was like Thank you, God, for getting me out of that. Like (laughs) some of those things on that CD, I was like, I used to sing this and I Mm -hmm. forgot, you know, Um, because it has a a way of bypassing our worldview, which is weird because that's supposed to be a firewall. So before we go on any further, what I really love, Robert, because this is kind of an area where I know you spend a lot of time and you spend a lot of like personal effort just breaking down what is a worldview. So can can you kind of break that down so we can, as we're going to be talking about how this affects it, it's helpful to know that on the front end.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about that before. A worldview is it's it's just a it's a comprehensive set of beliefs that that organizes how you filter how you filter the world and how you see the world. And it's not uh, it's 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 sometimes is something that we consciously set up, but a lot of times it's something that we just absorb. Mm, yeah, and we get it from our from our parents, right? Or we get it from our culture. And so one of the things that that we've done, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, is tried to tried to build a worldview that is that is Christ honoring and Christ like.
2: You know, something that you said that's really important was it, it's not always intentional, and sometimes it's absorbed, and that's where it can get. Um, I mean, I think that that should sound the alarm for why it is important to be proactive and intentional and in instilling worldviews into our families, our children, ourselves, each other, because, um, you know, we've, I don't know how many times we've said it, someone's going to influence or indoctrinate your children. And, um, it, it might as well be you and should be you as the parent with the, with the truth of God's word and, uh, in a Christian worldview
0: yeah so as as I try to think through that and this conversation, I really think like for me I would say and, and to add to that a worldview answers there's a lot of ways to look at it, but really it answers four big questions at least from what I'm saying and and the first question is this when it comes to a worldview, how did we get here? because how you how we came as humans into existence foundationally affects our worldview and then what is our purpose mm-hmm. That's your worldview. And then how do you accomplish that purpose? And then where are we going when we leave here? Anything that attempts to answer any of those questions is trying to build and facilitate the way we see reality ultimately. And where we're at in the media industry right now is we have to be very cautious. And I do think we've been given um, a softball in a way because in the past, it was kind of easy maybe to be influenced passively, and it still is. But now so much of what's out, as we're going to get into, is so actively against your worldview. It actually becomes more obvious, becomes easier. Like there are certain children's movies that's come out by Pixar and Disney in the last couple of years. I'm like, well, I just know not to take my kids to that. (laughs) Whereas in the past, I might not would have thought so. It wouldn't have been so easy. And then I'm in the middle of the movie. I'm like, man, I didn't know that was going to be in there. Um, and you, and you've, you've lived through this shift because you were, y'all were taking your kids to the movies when Disney was awesome, mm-hmm. right? So like when you would do that, is there anything that you would do before you would go to the movies to kind of prepare for that? Or did you just go and then break it down after? Cause you knew on the whole it was going to be G or how did
1: you?
2: Honestly, um, for a long time, our kids, we previewed movies, but, um, now as far as going to the theater, Um, just depends on, we use certain things like, um, focus on the family had something called plugged in online and they would do movie reviews and they would list everything, any, any, like honestly, even overboard, anything you could possibly find objectionable, Mm -hmm. um, coming from a biblical worldview, they would list those among other things, but you could really know, Okay. If we take our kid to see this, the, these are the things that are going to come up. And you could make that decision whether that was something you were okay with or not. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as even watching movies um, that weren't necessarily in theater, um, we, we did a lot of, um, for many years, our kids did not see movies at home unless we saw them first. Mm-hmm. Because we just that was a safety guard so that we didn't start putting things in that we got surprised by something.
1: And we, we did, you know, there were times, um, not so much in the longer movies, but a lot of t- sometimes. but a lot of times I would, you know, point out, we'd point out in the middle of it, it's like, pause that, pause that. Mm-hmm. Here's what mm-hmm. they're doing right now. And to the point that the kids just kind of rolled their eyes, I was like, oh, here, dad goes again. And it's, it's kind of become, uh, you know, as adults, they have all come back and said, oh yeah, dad, you, you ruined things for me. And I've ruined things for my friends too, <laughs> because they come, they point out things. So, you know, that's just something that, uh, uh, we, we needed to, you know, we, we decided we needed to do and, and make sure that it was, uh, that we were, we were monitoring that. And I still remember, you know, the first time I remember it is we were watching, um, you know, skip ahead a little bit, but we were watching transformers and, you know, here it was, they were talking about, you know, Optimus prime or, uh, uh, Unicron, this big bad guy, and 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 so it's like, oh, look at that! You know, here they are talking about how good and evil are blocked in this eternal conflict, right. and whenever evil gets stronger, then good's going to get stronger to restore the balance. And it's like, yeah, I see what they're doing there, and, and how that's not the biblical worldview. Um, and so that's a thing that the you know that, that we've we've done from time to time is is just unpack that. You know, sometimes in real time, um, as the kids gotten older, it's been easier to do that after the fact. And then to talk, the, the really cool thing has been to talk to them as they've seen things and come back and say, oh yeah, this was in this movie.
2: That's mm-hmm. what I was about to say was, you know, they graduated out of that and it got to where they recognize things um, and um, they're not needing us to point it out because yes. they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're able to pick up on that.
0: Well, in movies and cinema, it's art and art is meant to be discussed, right? That's mm-hmm. something I think is important now as we as we've moved into specifically like the last six years or so um, the the rise of content has come up okay which a lot of people would would delineate between the two sometimes that content is what is it it's content it's for information it's for transformation whereas arts for more of a subjective thing and what we're seeing in our current industry and this is, First of all, let me preface, this isn't a, um, oh, media is evil conversation. What we're trying to get is, why is media the way it is? And then where is the good? But what we've seen in the last few years is it's moved more into the content realm. And if you've been watching any any mainstream media, you've, you've felt it. You have felt when it went from this is entertaining to this is now preaching to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. When, when something is preaching to you, then you're, you're moving from one thing to another. And ultimately, it's we noticed it early. Um, it started to come up in like the, the early 20-teens um, in the sense of, I, I think about the first one that really, um, one of the first ones that really started to say, this is a shift, is when, uh, when Ghostbusters came, came out. Um, if you mm-hmm. remember when Ghostbusters really came out. Everyone, um, they rebooted it, and they reset it to um, these strong, independent women, which whatever. But it was, it was done just for that reason. There was no other reason than no women deserve to be Ghostbusters. We saw it, obviously, come into Star Wars. Um, if you've ever heard of the word and you're listening, you may have heard this word. You may not know where it came from, Mary Sue. Uh, the idea of a Mary Sue really got predominant from Star Wars. A Mary Sue is a woman that's placed in a piece of media like movies or, sen- or TV shows that does not have to work to be awesome because the only thing holding her back is the patriarchy mm-hmm. because she is already within herself possesses everything amazing. And if you just take Star Wars, just a really good illustration because most people are familiar with Star Wars. If you if you saw Luke's journey, he was very immature. Mm-hmm. He was weak, whiny. He, he was whiny. <laughs> he was an annoying brat. Yeah. And then through through loss, you know, he lost Ben, right? Mm-hmm. Through suffering, mm-hmm. finding out, you know, that um his dad is Vader. You know, through all these things, through through mentoring with Yoda, right? Um through through overcoming being headstrong, leaving Dagobah early when he, you know, like all these things. He he became what they call the hero's journey. Now you, you just that with Ray who was, you know, on this planet and she gets in, she gets picked up by Han and immediately already knows how to pilot the Millennium Falcon better than him. She goes up against Kylo Ren in the same episode, who's been training under a Sith Lord. And before <laughs> that under Luke stinking Skywalker himself. And she, almost bests him on star destroyer. And then before the whole series is over, Oh no, she, she's the daughter of Palpatine. And it's like, man, you didn't have to work. And, and there was no payoff. And if you go look at the franchise now, where is star Wars as a whole, it is dead because it didn't just stop there. It branched out into other media. And what we have to ask is this, first of all, what is that saying to, to us? But second of all, um, where's that coming from? Because if you know where it's coming from, you know what it's saying. You know, and where it's come from is it started with the a lot of this. I, I do a lot of my research on a place called Film Threat, which is a really is they get it's a great website, great YouTube channel, and another one abounding into comics because they follow how this came into be, and a lot of this began with the um, intersection movement, which we've talked about in this episode, where your value actually comes from how um, victimized, perceived victimized you are. And the response to intersectionality was this thing, which most people have heard of, called DEI now, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which sounds wonderful, but on the front. But what it really is, it is promoting this message of victimization to certain groups of people. So this rose up in the industry DEI DEI. And and and, and what happened is if if you, you may, may not, not know and, and this is something I just found out, the average Hollywood they get um, on average they get about 50,000 screenplays a year. That's massive. Now, I've got I've got a number here from 2020.
1: How many do y'all think went through of uh, 50,000 screenplays? Less than 50,000? I mean, when you yes. think of the number of movies it's made. What less than a hundred? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, but general, in twenty
2: 2020,
1: twenty. In twenty twenty, it's, it's 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 in the
0: double digits. So the number was in the twenties of fifty thousand. So they have a problem here. How do you how do you get this? How do you narrow that down? It is a real problem. Like it's a practical problem, but they solved it in a very impractical way. But it seemed practical and and really is from what I've seen, there's two big two big things. The first thing is they needed to funnel it down. So what they did to expedite the reading process, this is straight from Bounding Into Comics, studios representatives began to cast writers based on intersectionality and narrow down the de- definition of diversity. So AKA, we need to have writers who would be considered minority status. It used to be your writers and cast was built on past experience, current talent, Availability and ease to work with. Mm -hmm. Now it is just what's your race and who do you love, and this this began to this began to become the new funnel, and this also became the funnel for any 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 of you. I didn't tell you all beforehand because I never would have guessed this. The Achilles heel of what's getting put through. Who do you think it's running through first? Any guess? All the media you're watching on your Netflix. Everything, if you're listening now, all of it generally runs through this person first. Anyone take a stab at it? A person. It, it is. It's a group of people. It is.
1: What the DEI coordinators? Not first even. Or the,
0: nope. Mm. They don't even need the DEI coordinator. This is ready? China. No, no. This, I would have never guessed this. So Who is it? Interns.
2: Oh my goodness. Because the That's interns perfect.
0: have to read the script first. Interns are generally older or younger.
1: They're generally younger. Like you're talking about college students, right? Yeah.
0: And where's all the indoctrination coming from? College. Yeah. Going through. So
1: a lot of. explains so much. It is. A
0: lot of the gatekeeping (laughs) is done by interns, believe it or not, Hmm. which is, it's brilliant if you're trying to accomplish a thing, right? Now, some of them probably got greenlit, you know, like I'd imagine Indiana Jones, the worst flop of all. Maybe of all time, mm-hmm. as far mm-hmm. as money to taking money in, money out ratio ever, that probably just got greenlit. But there again, you have um, Indy. If you watch the you know the Last Crusade, I mean, full circle, man. He, you know, he, with his dad, everything, and then you come to the new one. He's a broken old man who has regrets in his past, and he needs a young, strong boss lady to ultimately punch him in the face mm-hmm. and knock him out at the end. Uh, um, to teach him what life's all about. Now, that that's a lot of stuff. I know I just like word dumped on you. <laughs> but but what we have to say is these are the messengers. Mm-hmm. So when these are the messengers that what they want to tell you is a message, and the message is your value and your worth comes from how you look, not who you are. We have to remember that when we watch modern modern cinema because that's going to impact how we do it. Now Robert had a really good point, and I think he wants. To, we're going to go here. It's not always been like that.
1: No, I mean it hasn't always been like that. And when you look back at you know some of the things that we were we, we kicked around as we were preparing this episode, is you look at a lot of our comic book superheroes. Right, everybody loves comic book superheroes or used to, and and. One of the reasons is because they they tell really good stories. Now, there's probably a filtering process there, too. when you look at all the comic books and all the comic book writers and down to the what two dozen or so that are that are like in our popular culture, um, But one of the things that's that's part of that is that those tell really awesome stories. I mean, Superman, here you've got this infant who's put in this life raft and sent off into. You know, a foreign country where he grows up, and then you know, frees people. You know, you've got Wonder Woman, whose you know, superpower is a lasso of truth, right? Her superpower is yeah. truth. You know, you've got you know, you've got some of these things. You know, Iron Man's redemption story in the MCU. Yeah, you know, you've got all sorts of things. Um, you know, Spider Man with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, those are all timeless, even biblical truths that they're telling. You know, and so those stories tend to endure. Uh, but when you when you take away and you try to add all of this other stuff to it, you break they're breaking those stories and they're taking those away because they don't want to do that anymore.
0: and and we do. there's something in those powerful stories that resonates within us. And ultimately it's the Imago day, right? It mm-hmm. is that we're created in the image of God. you know, I even wrote it here in the notes right under Captain America. I hope that she would see it. Ninja Turtles, right? Oh, yeah. These were normal, nasty... Well, that's your fandom. Yeah, well, that's true. Normal, nasty, <laughs> smelly turtles. Mm-hmm. They get disposed. They get dropped, mishandled, thrown into a sewer, forgotten about. Ooze comes on them. <laughs> Some Something external that they had no control of goes on them, transmutes them into something completely new, a new creation, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they also have their master, Splinter, who has someone who hates him, Shredder and wants to harm his children the turtle i mean come on like yep. this is come on, kevin eastman you didn't know but you borrowed a lot there that's you probably right. need to get some royalties
1: <laughs> and that's a good point a lot of these these writers they don't know yeah. and so when you talk about knowing the knowing who the who the producers are and the gatekeepers and the people who write well sure that's important to know what they're trying to do but a lot of times if they're telling a good story they're going back to the original yes. Myth, in the sense of you know a true a true story about reality,
0: and there are good stories even coming out today. They're just not in the traditional places where we found it. Unfortunately, as a culture, we're going through this hiccup. I'm hoping that we're going to self correct, and I do think there's signs of self correcting in this. Um, but right now, in this in this era, we have to be very careful. Of, of how far we go with it. Um, if you look, the I feel like Marvel's finally come full circle because they just put out their newest show and it's the lowest, one of the lowest rating shows ever. The star, ready? She is um, deaf. She's body positive, so she's large. She's an amputee. She's a woman. And she's a minority. They're like, how many checks... Can we get here? And how do you think that show's done? I'd be willing to say no one on our podcast has watched that show. Nope. You know? Mm-hmm. So um, may, maybe one episode enough to be like, really? So when we get into that, we have to see, we have to just confront the reality. Like this, the game's kind of, um, it requires more intuitiveness from, intuitiveness from us as parents as we're trying to say, all right, where's the Christian worldview in this? Now, we could take the Christian worldview and talk about why this is happening. You know, it's a rege- because when when things are bad, you ever watch a movie that's just horrible? I'm sure, you have. Mm-hmm. How many times do they deviate from what we know is truth?
1: Most of them, yeah.
0: Most of them are. I mean, in in um, fathers raise your children, right? Like that's supposed to be, you know, like, and it was supposed to provide for your children. You're supposed to be okay. How does Star Wars end? What happens to Vader?
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he ends up in, in the, in the original trilogy, yeah. right? You know, he, he rejects his kids. He tries to kill their mother then he comes back and, and, you know, ends up saving his son as, as that part of, as that redemption arc. For redemption. Yeah. So, you know, again, you, you see that, um, in the, in the good story, the ones that resonate forever. Mm-hmm. Right. and, and, but you don't see that in some of the newer stories. They just don't. They just don't land the same way.
0: Yeah. So if the story's good, it's always important to ask yourself. Okay, if it's good, if it's good, and you want your kid to see it, ask yourself this: Why is it good? Mm-hmm. Like, ask yourself why is it good. If it's bad though, ask yourself why it's bad. Because sometimes it's bad because there's a bad actor, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's bad because just because we we don't care for that actor in real life because of the way they. They carry themselves. So sometimes it's, we got our own biases against it. Um, but what we were, what we were really getting at is, it, there's a lot of minutiae you have to cut through. What do you look at? What do you watch? How do you manage it? But ultimately, there's only three, three ways that we we interact with this content. And and we were talking about this earlier. And it's funny enough, we were talking about this in, in in at church just last night. There's three ways to interact with any content, any secular content in the world, and we want to give that to you right now in the next couple of minutes because I think this this is the payoff. I think this is worth it, and that is this: you can either reject it, receive it, or redeem it. Uh, so, so how how do we know when a piece of media or content, as you will, is worth? Rejecting, receiving, or redeeming. How about this? We'll start with reject. How would you know what you need to reject?
2: Well, um, and we may have slightly different thoughts on this, but I know for me, I mean, I want to always keep in my mind that we need to focus on what's what's right and what's pure. And um, um, when what you're watching is filling your mind with things that we're not supposed to meditate on and focus on. And it's, and it's giving you, um, lies of the world. It's probably worth rejecting. Um, if there's a lot of, um, I know for me, we've have conversations and again, probably even within the three of us, we don't necessarily all land in the same place, but there's, you know, times where I'll, somebody will be surprised that that I haven't seen a particular movie. And I might say, well, there's so much of this in it or that in it that it's just not worth it for me Mm -hmm. to have that feeling in my mind. And, you know, one of the things to think about is that, um, you know, just like with songs, you know, you can can rattle off the song lyrics to something because we learn, we remember, and we can – those things get ingrained in our minds and i've even had that conversation I know both of us have is with people as far as you know care about what your children are listening to too yeah. and the same thing with watching because you're going to remember that stuff and regurgitate it when you're in your spare time and your in your mind so um yeah, if I've... it's if it's really you know if it's sinful stuff, it shouldn't be something you're meditating on.
0: So let me let me throw this at you because I, I can hear parents listening now. Yes, I want to tell them to reject it, but how do I tell my children no, without making it forbidden fruit?
2: You have to go after their heart. You have to teach them. That's part of the whole making sure you're you're helping them, shaping them, and helping them see the worldview. Because you and, and we all, if you're a parent. You know, just telling your kids, no, don't do that. First of all, the worst thing you can really say is, because I said so. Because right. it's never going to um, actually teach them. It's just like you said, it's just making it forbidden. But when you have when you say this, this isn't something that we need to be watching. And honestly, it usually should be a we, not just a you shouldn't be watching that. That's because if it's something our kids, we think our kids shouldn't watch because of a moral issue. Then it's probably something we shouldn't watch either. So there shouldn't be too many things. Well, it's okay for me to watch, but not for you to watch. And so, but you have to explain why. Take it back to scripture, take it back to biblical truths, and help them understand that, um, you know, we shouldn't be taking enjoyment in something, you know, like this that might be, you know, something God calls abhorrent or something that's offensive to him or, or just, you know, that's that's yeah. one thing that you need to do is i i would say is you have to help them understand from a biblical perspective and because it should be um it shouldn't just be a i don't do this because my parents said no they should understand the greater offense can i probe this a little
0: bit further cuz i think Go ahead. this is when we talk about rejecting saying hey this this media is not good to watch sometimes it's like um it's like going into a library. Okay, I know these movies aren't. I know I shouldn't check this book out. It's not going to be helpful. But this book might be helpful, just because one book's bad doesn't mean the whole library is right. bad. But is it fair assessment to say that today there are certain movies you should? This is not helpful for me. Are there studios that you shouldn't? I, I'm I'm not saying I'm I'm asking. Do you or do you think it's always individual? And what would be your parameters for when you're like, no, we don't we right now we're not watching this
2: anything that comes from oh yeah. So you mean like, I don't know, like maybe Disney? I don't
1: know. Yeah, like how do you make <laughs> that determination? Yeah, so we look at we we have not historically looked at, at things from a from a studio perspective. I mean it's been you know, what what we've done is we we've tended to look at things as uh you know, each each movie or each series of movies, in some cases, right? Um, we avoided Game of Thrones because from the very beginning, it was you know guys were telling <laughs> me course. why they liked it. Yeah. When, you know, it's like okay, um, no, <laughs> you um, need to go repent. <laughs> yeah. So the so we haven't really done. Um, studios, we do we are super skeptical of anything that comes out of Disney right now. Yeah. Because they are very they have been very clear internally and those things have leaked about their mm-hmm. agendas. They're, you know, their not so secret gay agendas and their things that they're trying to do. Uh, in their movies. Um, You you mentioned the Marvel, the new Marvel stuff. Uh, I generally am not interested unless somebody comes back and says it was worthwhile. And that's really not happening these days.
2: Yeah. I was about to say that doesn't happen so much anymore. Mm -mm.
0: And I would, I would say like as Christians, a lot of times we immediately go to boycott, boycott, boycott. Right. And whereas there's, there's a time and a place for that. I, I think for me, a lot is if the studio actively says they don't like you, like we're not making this content for people who have your values. We don't like you. Well then, I'm not boycotting you. You're actually boycotting me. Right. You, you've told me to go away. But as a believer, as a Christian, I'm also we're in the we're in the group of repentance. We're in the group of restoration, um, and and that's why you know what I want. I want to be able to take my kids to a Pixar movie one day, and I I I I do. I, I actually pray that the climate would change and that would be a restorative process in that. I think that's good. Instead of just getting angry saying, no, this, our God, he, he can take horrible things and, and turn them. This, this might be the precipice of that. But I do, when it comes to rejecting thing, I think one of the things we would encourage is like, as a parent, I have a knee jerk cause I'm protective mm-hmm. and, and we should be, but at the same time we should filter that through grace. We should filter that through our worldview um, because if not, you can, we can really become just people who are just bitter about yeah. what some, you know, like, so rejection is, is definitely one thing now on the total opposite end of the spectrum. And I have friends, I even have pastor friends who are more in this camp, the receive all media camp.
1: Yeah. I mean,
2: Meaning, he- don't say no. Just if hey man, anything's look, fair game to it, watch.
0: It's the culture that we live in. It's a great example. If you want to know what your fellow neighbor looks like, go watch this media because this is what they like. Um, receiving is, I mean, I'm not saying it's the right option, but it is an option. You can reject everything that goes against your worldview, or you can just receive everything that goes against your worldview. And the question I would ask that is, why is that even alluring to us as Christians? Because it really is. Like, Why is it, though?
2: I mean, we don't receive and we don't say... Let's just partake in all sin because you know that's what the world is, that's what our neighbors are doing.
1: And I feel like there's a verse about that. Should we sin like more that a, grace would abound? Uh, by, own, by, no by no means. God forbid it. <laughs> and, and and I think that's a that's a good way to think about it. I know for me, when I am tempted in that direction, it is because and I've heard this before, it's because my desires, my sinful desires, I know there's things in there. It's like, oh yeah, that would be, you know, that tickles something in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that and it's, and it's, you know, a lot of times for me, honestly, it's the, the story of vengeance and revenge. Mm -hmm. Those there's a, there's a deep sense of justice in my soul that, that the idea of bad guys getting what they deserve just speaks to me at a, at a visceral gut, gut level. Yeah. And so those types of movies, even when they're not, you know, even, even when I know that they're not redeeming in that sense. You know what Marvel's Punisher is exactly that character, right? But but he's popular because there's that there's that idea of justice in us. Um, You know, so so that's one of those things that that I am am tempted into. And I think for for me, you know, you get I draw this by by sitting in the in the third thing that we're going to talk about, which is how to redeem it. And I reject something that can't be redeemed. Yeah, And I balance it and say, okay, is the cost of the redeeming, mm-hmm. you know, is there too much in there? So I've heard people, for instance, talk about Game of Thrones as a morality play. I'm like, sure, but it's all immorality. There's very little good in there. Yeah. And the bad is really, really bad. So it's it's a it's a difficult, you know, and that's something that, that I think lands differently for each person. And, I,
0: you know, it's important that our children see what we're receiving as well. And... You know, this is a, a particular area of conviction for me in the sense that um, you know, sometimes I, I I do like to know what's going on in the world. I like to know what's going on in pop culture. And sometimes I'll just catch myself listening to a podcast where these guys are just ripping on the things I hate. Mm-hmm. And they're and I'm it's a part of me, that's like, Yes, I <laughs> love your hate. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, but you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's like um, may, maybe I shouldn't be wholesale receiving all of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's people listening now, like you may have one or two people miss a podcast or a news thing. And you're like, yeah, every time you, you pick on him, I like it. Um, okay. But s- scripture would say there's a time to stand up and be, be for, be, say this is reality. But there's also a time to say, I'm not, I'm not going to spend my time complaining about reality. I'm going to spend my time trying to change things into the way they should be and living in it. Yes. And that's similar
1: to something, April, I think that, that you said a second ago when you talked about um, how, it, how it impacts us. So if I'm listening to something I started thinking about a lot in the last, in the last uh, few weeks, six weeks or so, is when I'm listening to certain podcasts, I end up getting angry. Right? Yeah, and, and it's like, okay, there are true things being talked about there. But that doesn't mean that it's taking me to a good place spiritually, and so you know I'm starting to look at how do I how do I balance that and make sure that I'm I'm balancing that with okay I need to spend more time in scripture you know itself mm-hmm. I need to spend more time doing things that are completely edifying um, than than just in this other place that that can make me so angry.
0: Yeah, so, so sometimes we do. I'm I'm right there with you. I will I will listen to something. I'll just start receiving it, and and it aligns with my worldview. But it's not being demonstrated through its communication in a worldview that I should be happy about. So we do. We need to be very careful what our kids see us receiving, what we allow to come in the house to be received, and then uh, and then the last one, the one we love the most, is this: what what do we when we see media? What is it that we can see? Hey, there's redemption in this. Where can we find redemption? Because you can oftentimes redeem what the world puts out there because they borrow from God's worldview,
1: and I think a lot of that's what we've been talking about. You know, we've given a lot of examples of good things in Star Wars, and good things in Marvel, and good things in DC, and good things in some of these areas. You know, it's Mutant Ninja Turtles for you, hey. you know, and and those are ways to redeem that. And and I think that's that's where the wisdom is is for us to look at that, evaluate it properly through the the biblical grid. And see what it is that we can, you know, what is it that we need to challenge? Even a point in an in an otherwise good story. Oh, there's that thing right there, kids. That's the thing that, that we need to we need to reject. Uh, and I think that's really where where that comes in. And you know, again, like like April said, you know, the uh, the communication being in, you know, being in there with them, watching things either first or with them, and then having those conversations and that engagement.
2: And something else I think, just from the parenting perspective, is um, we should also be teaching our kids how to have those conversations with their friends. Because one of the things you mentioned was some of the, sometimes there's people saying, well, we kind of need to know, we need to watch all this stuff, even if it's, you know, bad. Um, for lack of a, a better adjective, there, but um, just to kind of know what the world is, what what our friends are what the world is watching, and what we really need to be able to do is teach our kids how to have conversations with their friends about, yeah, no, I no, I don't watch that, no, I don't, you know, play that game, or I don't, I don't do that because. I mean, that's not what I want to fill my mind with. And we can, you can have greater conversations about that in more detail. But Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I remember when my kids were, you know, middle school, high school, and there were some things that were kind of popular at the time that was trending with some of their friends, even within like their youth group. And I remember them being teased for not knowing about certain things or not, um, watching certain things. And at one time I just kind of looked at one of the other kids and said, why do you even know about that? Like, you shouldn't be proud that you know right. that. So, you know, here you are laughing at my kid for not knowing it, but you, you should be ashamed that you know about it. And so, you can, you know, without necessarily just being overly insulting, I mean, you can turn the conversation and help point someone else back to their own redemption.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, parents sometimes say our kids need to be missionaries into the culture. Good point. But, you have to equip them, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just say, oh, this, we're a believing household, therefore my kids are missionaries. We don't do that with, with adults when right. we send them out in the mission field. You shouldn't do it with your children either.
0: Yeah, and oftentimes when it comes to like this redemption arc of things, I think it's also good to have in perspective, like, I, I like country music, okay? I like not all country songs are objectively about God. You don't say. I don't, shocking. No. Like some of them are about trucks. And some <laughs> of them are about mud. I'm just saying like um some of them are about here's a quarter, you know? Like there's some songs um and and when you're listening to country music, you know, I genuinely feel it's like conversation. I have conversations with y'all. They're not always about God. Um so that,
2: something can be not necessarily overtly biblical, it doesn't make it bad. Bad.
0: Yes, and and I think a lot of times it's like, well, if I can't spin this and I can't, No, you know, some things it's just like, well, it's permissive, you know, because it's not, it's not bad. Like Beethoven. Yeah, or Bluey. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but yeah, not everything has to be, I think that's one mistake that, that I attempted to make as a parent sometimes. If I can't spiritualize it in something, then my kids shouldn't do it. You know, sometimes if it's not against my worldview, then I'm not going to complain about it. Um, we were, last night we were in scripture and, and the disciples came to jesus and said hey these other people are casting out demons in your name we tried to stop them and jesus says why <laughs> yeah why they're they're not they're they're helping they're doing moving the needle so yeah they may not be doing it in attached to me but they're still and it was okay and i think that that's that's true with a lot of things there are things that are doing that have great causes that may not be like have a deep sense gospel message, but that doesn't mean they're bad. But what the big conversation today is, you know, in and, and just in light of everything that's changing, especially in the last like five to six years, it this is just a great litmus test on the front end. What should you reject? What should you receive? What you should redeem? And just so you know, and, and this'll this will topple over into something we'll probably talk about at a later date because we're about to wrap today. But we're now moving into A space in media and it's coming in movie media before long where you have the media, but you get to determine whether it is something that you should reject, redeem or receive. Um, I'll give you a great example. It started in video games. There's a game, Red Dead Redemption. Okay. Mature rating. You can, it's set in the early 1900s, late 1800s. You can literally go into the city while the women are fighting for, to vote you know, uh, and this one guy online went into the city, hog tied her up threw on the back of a horse, went out to the edge of the swamp and fed her to an alligator. That's evil. And then he laughed. Yeah. But then in the same, same game, same character, different player, you can go and you can help the people in need. You can give money to the poor. You can actually help someone in their faith in that game. Okay. Mm. And then at the end is a redemption arc. So same content, and, and the people are saying right now before long when it comes to AI you're gonna be able to say hey Marvel whatever you purchase this you have license to basically plug in your narrative and use their characters I want to have this and it it actually AI generates the show wow. for you then it's a so it's a show made for you so this is where we're going everything's becoming more personalized uh, so it's it's important that we have a handle on this now because more than ever our kids worldview, um, is going to be starting to direct what they see inversely
2: yeah
0: so anyways I thought this has been a, a beneficial conversation we know that it was a lot of information dump but our hope is maybe we have a little more understanding of like why we're in the way we're in um, it's, it's not because like there's this nefarious evil you know evil gnome under a rock no it's just depravity it's always been depravity and uh, sometimes it gets a platform but we are praying right now for redemption um, but in the meantime, we're going to be seeking our what well, can we reject, redeem, and receive. So anyways, my name's Delmar.
1: I'm Robert.
2: And I'm April.
0: And we hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing,
1: you're living in harmony.